0: Bringing you the latest in tax credit news, this is Tax Credit Tuesday with your host, Michael Novograddick.
1: Hello, I'm Michael Novograddick, and this is Tax Credit Tuesday. Today is Tuesday, November 24th, 2020. Joining me on today's podcast is Jeff Nishida. Jeff is one of my partners in our San Francisco office, and Jeff is here today to talk about the state of the long-term housing tax credit incentive and what he's seeing with long income housing tax credit debt and equity markets. Jeff is an experienced CPA who specializes in providing services to the real estate industry. And his areas of expertise include low-income housing tax credit and tax and bond application assistance, audit and tax services more generally, consulting, structuring transactions, forecasting, and much, much more. Jeff is also a co-founder of Novigradic's Low-Income Housing Tax Credit Working Group. And many of you may also recognize Jeff as a frequent speaker at Novigradic Conferences, and he's also the chairman of our upcoming Novigradic 2020 Tax Credit Housing Virtual Conference. That conference is being held next Thursday and Friday. That's December 3rd and 4th. Now we have a lot to cover today, so if you're ready, let's get started. So Jeff, thank you for joining us today and sharing your expertise. 2020 has been the most challenging year of my professional lifetime the global pandemic and national recession has affected everyone, some much more severely than others. No one has been left unaffected. I would like for you to share with us how the global pandemic and national recession has affected affordable rental housing generally
0: and the long closing tax credit community more specifically. So Jeff, please share us your thoughts. Sure. Thanks, Mike. And thanks for the introduction and having me on your podcast today. Unfortunately, 2020 wasn't as fruitful as we had originally hoped for due to the pandemic. I know that back in March or April, we started to hear some mixed signals about where transaction volume was going. And unfortunately, I think volume has gone down due to the softening of the economy and therefore reduced appetite for tax credits and tax losses. Over the summer, We heard about different projects receiving maybe like one bid from an investor where they might normally have received three or four. And, you know, with this decrease in demand, we also saw a fall in credit pricing. Depending on where you are and the CRA needs in your area, developers probably saw pricing in the mid 80s to low 90s. I'd say debt saved maybe a lot of developments in 2020 with falling interest rates, but investors are you know, becoming increasingly sensitive to leverage due to the economic uncertainties around the pandemic. Even 9% developments are becoming more leveraged because of the pricing gaps. And I've heard that multi-funds are becoming more sensitive and can only have, say, one or two leverage deals. So investors and syndicators are on the lookout for low leverage or no hard debt type of projects to kind of offset this. As for bonds, many states are becoming competitive and therefore we have added a panel uh, on this topic to our tax credit housing finance virtual conference next week. With regard to CRA reform, uh, for those who don't know what CRA is, it's a community reinvestment act which in a very simplistic summary requires banks to reinvest the deposits they receive back into the communities they actually receive them in. which benefited the LIHTC because it's one of the investments that were allowed. So with regard to CRE reform, I know that the industry was a little on edge <clears throat> with the final regulations issued by the Office of the Comptroller of the Currency or OCC. I know you and Peter and Karen went over this and the effects of the elections as well in detail on your 2020 election effects on community development tax incentives webinar last Thursday. So I think that's most of what uh, I would recap for 2020 so far.
1: Right. Thank you. That's a great overview for 2020. Now, maybe we can think, pull out your crystal ball. What are you <laughs> hearing in terms of low-income tax credit participants' plans for 2021? How are they thinking 2021 might be different than 2020, or are they thinking it's going to be the same?
0: I think overall, the industry is more hopeful, but I don't know that they're necessarily bullish. Since it doesn't appear to be this overwhelming blue wave that we kind of discussed in our special report, I think investors feel like there will be minimal immediate impact on their demand for the LIHTC. As you also mentioned on the webinar, an increase in the corporate tax rate does not appear on the horizon, or at least doesn't seem highly likely. So I think we might see a moderate shift in investors' outlook to a little more optimism, which might increase demand and increase competition for projects. From what I've heard just more recently, developers have started to see more competition between investors for their projects, but I also think investors are still pretty selective and terms haven't necessarily been developer-friendly, more investor-friendly, if anything, especially with direct investments, which might carry forward in the beginning of 2021. I think everyone is also watching out for the CRA changes and things from the Affordable Housing Credit Improvement Act, such as the 4% floor or lowering of the 50% test, which could help fill gaps or spread out bond cap, especially since tax and bond interest rates aren't all that different from conventional rates right now.
1: Great. Thank you, Jeff. And I know we'll talk more about that, and there'll be more opportunity for our listeners to learn about what plans various industry participants have for 2021 in our conference next week. But as I mentioned in the introduction, you are a co-founder of the Novogradic Long-Comb Credit Working Group. So I wanted you to share with our
0: listeners what the Long-Comb Credit Working Group does. Sure. The LIHTC Working Group is made up of affordable housing industry participants, including nonprofit and for-profit developers, syndicators, investors, accountants, us, and lawyers who work together to resolve technical and administrative program issues.
1: Great. Thank you for that. And if you could also discuss what the LIHTC Working Group has actually accomplished this year. I know it's been a lot, so maybe just a few of the highlights, as well as what some of the key priorities would be for the group next year in 2021.
0: As you mentioned, the working group had a pretty full plate, working on issues such as CRA reform, where the working group noted that changes made in an effort to create a more transparent and objective method of measuring CRA performance may not have the intended effects and could be detrimental to the LIHTC industry. The working group also recommended that the OCC and FDIC consider originations of equity investments in addition to balance sheet activity when evaluating CRA performance. We also reinstate a separate investment test and retain the current large bank three-test evaluation regime with some modifications. And I think establish a cap on the total dollar value of every type of eligible loan or investment, among other suggestions. The working group also provided comments regarding the effects of COVID-19 on the industry. More specifically, regarding extensions to statutory deadlines to various tests required under the LIHTC incentive, such as the 12-month extension for the 10% test for carryover allocations and the place and service deadlines. The 12-month moratoriums on physical inspections, tenant file reviews, and tenant income certification requirements as well and suspending the implementation of Treasury Regulation 1.42-5, which will increase the number of required physical inspections for compliance monitoring. I think also this year they asked for clarification that the temporary closure of property amenities and common space facilities during the duration of the crisis, uh, with the exception of laundry facilities, will not negatively impact a property's algebra basis or result in a loss of loan compiling tax credits. And lastly, they commented on the amendment to the instructions to the IRS Form 8609A to allow taxpayers to claim um, Lytech without a form of 8609A executed by Lytech allocating agency if due to reasonable cause and not due to willful neglect. They also worked on the limitation of business interests as well, requesting clarity and additional information and confirmation on the readings of the regulations provided by the IRS, including the treatment of basis adjustments, the need for transitional rules relating to the treatment of excess business interest expense uh, allocated before the finalization of the rules, and whether a partnership in a tiered partnership structure can, in fact, make the real property trade or business election if the underlying business is a real property trade or business. And if people want to see more, they can go to the working group's website, which is www.lytechworkinggroup.com. Great.
1: Thank you for that, Jeff. And that was a, a good list of what the group accomplished in 2020. And I would note that on the one hand we say accomplished, but most of these items will continue into 2021. That's <laughs> <But> also <laughs> a list of our of the 2021 goals or priorities, or at least a, a sublist of those priorities, because we do expect CRA. Reform is sort of continuing with the Federal Reserve and potentially changes at the OCC. So there's going to be much more involvement in CRA reform for the working group, as well as COVID-19, as a lot of those deadlines were through the end of this year, and many of those need to be extended on into 2021. So let's talk about next week's Tax Credit Housing Finance Virtual Conference. Now, this is the event that Novogratz typically hosts in Las Vegas. And this year, we're going to be there in spirit only. The event will be virtual to ensure the health and safety of our attendees and to comply with social distancing requirements. Or I guess I should say physical distancing requirements. (laughs) I don't want to be socially distant. I want to be socially close, but physically distant. Uh, This will be Novigradic's eighth virtual conference this year. And we do look forward to hopefully being able to be back in Las Vegas in December of 2021 but we did start doing virtual conferences beginning in July with our Opportunity Zones Conference. And I know many of our listeners have attended one or more of these virtual events already. But for the benefit of those who haven't yet, could you tell attendees what they can expect from a virtual as opposed to an in-person conference?
0: So if you haven't attended one of our virtual conferences yet, it's pretty exciting. And I don't think attendees should you know, expect anything or at least not too much different from our normal in-person conferences. Many aspects of what people have come to expect from a conference will still be offered. For example, we'll still have a great roster of speakers. We have two special guests as keynote speakers this year as well. We'll also have still two days of panel discussions attendees will also have the chance to participate in live Q&A after each session. Just like our traditional in-person conference, we'll still provide plenty of networking opportunities. We'll have a virtual networking lounge with a sponsor chat rooms, general chat rooms, chat rooms specific to certain topics, a lot of different opportunities to network. We'll also have a virtual exhibit hall with sponsor booths so people can chat with our co-hosts and sponsors and us as well. Another highlight is that all registered attendees can access on-demand recordings of their sessions for up to 90 days after their event. So if you miss something or want to see it again, you'll still be able to access it for 90 days, which is really nice. And we'll also be able to offer a 15-minute pre-conference session on Thursday on how to navigate and network in our virtual platform. Attendees can ask live questions and uh, one of our support team members will be on hand to answer. But our virtual platform is pretty amazing if you haven't seen it.
1: Great. Thank you, Jeff. I definitely agree. I think it's a pretty impressive platform. Access to recordings for 90 days is particularly nice to be able to have. You obviously don't get that in a live event. (laughs) I am myself looking forward to the Washington Wire next Thursday. Uh, There's a lot happening in uh, Washington, D.C., as everyone knows, and I'm looking forward to continue the discussion, sharing more about what we've learned about the incoming Biden administration. Now, going back to one of the items you just mentioned, you hinted at a couple of special guests as keynote speakers. Can you tell us about them?
0: We're very excited to have our two keynote speakers. They are the lead sponsors of the Affordable Housing Credit Improvement Act in their respective chambers of Congress. On day one, we're going to have keynote speaker, Senator Maria Cantwell. And on day two, keynote speaker will be Representative Susan Delbeni. I'm sure many of you already know about the Affordable Housing Credit Improvement Act, but in case you don't, it would increase the per capita dollar amount of the low-income housing tax credit, create a minimum 4% LIHTC amongst a lot of other beneficial provisions for the affordable housing industry. Great, Jeff. If you could also tell us
1: about some of the other panels. I already mentioned my Washington report, which I'm really looking forward to. If you have anything else you want to say about that, feel free and then maybe run through a few of the other sessions that our listeners may want to be sure to attend.
0: Yes, you did mention your Washington report, and that's you know always something that we always kick off, and attendees probably pick it as one of their favorite panels. And you're going to be joined by Emily Cotic, David Gasson, and Orlando Cabrera. So we're excited to have them. Uh, we're also going to have our investor outlook, or otherwise known as our equity panel, who will go into more detail and talk more about some of the things we talked about earlier in this podcast. Uh, I thought it was only apropos to have a COVID-19 impacts panel to see what some of the issues have been for developers and their developments during the pandemic. Many developers have also been trying to figure out how to build workforce housing. So I included a workforce housing best practices panel to see if we can get more workforce housing built. Of course, we'll have our debt panel. And as mentioned previously, we'll have a competitive state bond application panel since competition in many states have been on the rise, including, say, Colorado, California, New York, South Carolina, Georgia, Texas, and possibly Pennsylvania.
1: Great. Thank you, Jeff. And there's other sessions as well. So I encourage all of our listeners to go to the website and learn more about the uh, coming sessions. Anything else you wanted to share about the conference, Jeff?
0: I think everyone should just go ahead and give it a try, just because this is an opportunity to also have a lot of different team members from your companies attend one of our conferences uh, virtually. It's a lot easier to attend uh, online than it is in person sometimes. And we've had a lot of pre-conference workshops as well that's been very successful. So uh, I look forward to seeing everybody next week.
1: Great. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate you joining me for the podcast today and sharing your insights. I also want to remind our listeners, please be sure you subscribe to the Task Credit Tuesday podcast. That way you'll be notified when new episodes are available and when they're posted. Task Credit Tuesday is available to stream at www.novico.com slash podcast. We're also on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Radio Public. And if there is a distribution channel we're not on that we should be, let us know. Send an email to cpas at novico.com. Well, that's it for now. I'm Michael Novogratik. Thanks for listening.
0: This weekly podcast has been brought to you by Novagratic and Company LLP. Archive podcasts are available online at wwwnovacocom forward slash podcast or by subscribing to the Tax Credit Tuesday podcast in iTunes. You can find related links referenced in this podcast in our show notes at wwwnovacocom forward slash podcast. Novogratic and Company LLP is a national certified public accounting and consulting firm with offices nationwide. Learn more about our professional services at www.novaco.com.